Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. It's time for another Wrestling Perspective podcast here on Fightful. We heard your cries. We decided, hey, more Q&As. Lars said, get me some fucking questions. I said, yes, sir. Here we are. Lars Fredrickson, Dennis Farrell, Lars. Uh, we're post-WrestleMania. What'd you think? Overall, I thought it was maybe uh, a 7 out of 10. I don't hate that. Uh, the stage was amazing. Like I, I geek out over the stage and we have a bunch of these questions, so I don't want to give too much away. Sure. Night one for me was better than night two, but. Yeah. I mean, I think i liked a lot of things from both nights, you know? So. Well, we'll definitely answer those questions and so much more. Right. Oh, yeah. We're not even taking a break. We're going right into the questions. Let's go right in. Let's go right in. By the time people are watching this, uh, one of us will be out of the country. I'm not saying who, so enjoy, guys. All right. Uh, Matthew P says, hey, guys, I watched a lot of the interviews. And when Lars, when Lars talks about storytelling to some of the younger wrestlers, sometimes it looks like they're just nodding. Lars, how much of the younger wrestlers do you think really get the storytelling aspect when you bring that question up on the podcast? I think, I, you know, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, but... I wouldn't know what a fair assessment would be, you know? I mean, because I feel like there's the school of pro wrestling where you can tell, you know, by the guy that that's on the show, you know, one of the reasons why you brought him on the show is because he's a great storyteller and he understands the concept of that part of professional wrestling. I feel like, you know, with today's modern wrestling, which is more like a video game, right? Um, you know, I don't necessarily know if it's if it's more if it's more about health points or like you know story questions. What do you, I mean? What do you think, Dennis? That's actually a pretty good question. I I think it's not so much that, but when you and I we have a younger guy on and we go down a rabbit hole when we talk to him about the NWA or WCW or this older stuff, and they kind of nod along. I don't think they're following along with us because they don't. Just like if we were to talk to our grandparents. Right. And and they would throw out names and you kind of recognize names, but you didn't watch any of their stuff. So you just kind of nod along. I think that's more where we lose the younger guys when we talk to them. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that there is a disconnect because I don't feel I feel like it's also generational. You know what I mean? And it's not like it's a bad thing. I just think that maybe they don't they don't. But I, I feel like in order for them to be in the position that they're in, they have to be highly talented in somewhere, some area. 
I mean, I'm not saying that every professional wrestler that we've had on the show is going to be a future Hall of Famer or whatever, but um, I think there are maybe two or three who are. And I think that that's a big part of, you know, um, your craft. I, and I, that's what keeps me interested anyways. And I, and I think that's a big thing. You know, I, I still, I just don't necessarily know how much it's like drilled into them. I think there was a reverse that happened with the generations where the generation that we grew up watching were not wrestling fans, but bodybuilders and athletes. And then the rest, the, the, the kids today that we're watching were wrestling fans who got into right. the industry. Well, you know, I mean, there's definitely like today on like, you know, I'll scroll through some stuff, you know, and I follow a lot of like old school wrestling um, Instagram pages and on Twitter and stuff. And obviously some of the people I follow post up old stuff. And I was looking at an AJ Lee promo, you know, and how she's she, there's a story that she's telling and she's basically calling the Bella twins, you know, shit, which they were, I mean, let's just be honest. They, there, there was nothing redeemable about them. I mean, I'm sure they're nice people or whatever, but in the far as the professional wrestling business, I mean, they weren't worth a shit. You know I mean? Let's just be honest. Like for me, eh, whatever. Um, like, I don't think anybody really cared when they left, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, um, but the, what she was talking about and how real that promo was that she cut that I was watching, how I felt it here, you know, and I never really got that, um, from any of the other girls in the division at the time. And I feel like that's why she was the superstar, why she was the champ, because she was the storyteller. Um, and then you fast forward to like Rhea and, and, and Charlotte at WrestleMania. And that was one of the greatest matches I think it doesn't even matter if they're male or female. It was one of the greatest wrestling match matches I've seen on a pay-per-view, if you want to call it that. I think it'll go down in WrestleMania history as probably, you know, and they'll they'll call it the greatest woman's match ever. And I think they had one, they topped the one, you know, in Florida, you know. So I thought it was unbelievable. I, I hope so. I, I know nowadays with the wrestling we watch, it goes by so much at light speed because they're just interchanging storylines over and over again. For when we were watching, it took a year, a year and a half. Slow burn, sometimes two years to just finish up a storyline. And you remember those opposed to, you know, boom, 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 onto the next, which I, I worry about like the last 20 WrestleManias. I mean, if you really sit down and think about like what happened after the WrestleMania, you just kind of go, it all just runs together over those years. Right. Well, I think, you know, the wrestling storyline to the fan is very subjective, you know, and I feel like some stories you can get behind and some stories you're probably not going to pay attention to. The one thing that bothers me about this, the, the subjectiveness, if that's a word, um, of the wrestling fan is that they think that they can do a better job, you know? Um, and it's not, it, that's the part where it's like, well, it's about suspension of disbelief. So whether or not, you know, you think that you could do a better job telling the story, this was the story that was being told. And I feel like where we think that we can tell a better story are the, are in the storylines that maybe we're not totally understanding or getting, you know? You, that's you know, just 
but that's just an opinion, you know, for me. I will but then say, I'll t- go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, I'll say this. You and I have the benefit of getting an education in wrestling from the people we know, where I think if we didn't have those friends, we would still probably be those guys where we go, I think I could book better. But we've had that lesson taught where no, there's something no. out there and Peter, you go, well, what would you do next? And you go, I didn't think about that. Well, I don't think I ever, I mean, the thing about it is though, is I've had firsthand experience of booking a wrestling show, promoting a wrestling show. I not only did it once, but I did it twice and had two very successful shows where all the, the, the talent, you know, the boys got paid and we actually made money. So there, there is something, you know, to that. I'm not saying that I know how to do that or I want that to be my job. I'm a professional. I'm not a professional. Let's just be honest. But my point is, is that like, I've also, uh, you know, I've, I booked a show with Kevin Gill. We promoted the show together. We, you know, paced the show. We did all these things together and we did it not only once, but twice we did commentary. So I understand how hard it actually is. And that was just, that was, it took a long time for just one show. And I can't imagine having a weekly thing. You know, if you're one guy, a lot is going to slip through the cracks. You know what I mean? So anybody out there who has this idea that they could do better, um, well then get money and start your own fed and, and prove it you know, and quit bitching about it. Lester asks, what are some of the wrestling? And we get this every so often. I like to throw the question because it changes sometimes. What are some of the wrestling podcasts you're listening to right now? I always listen to Cornette. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, I see eye to eye on with him and um, on so many different things. I there, But there's certain things that I just don't see eye to eye with him. I think he's extremely funny. I think he's extremely talented and he's probably the greatest wrestling manager of all time. And I think he's got probably one of the biggest brains for wrestling, the wrestling business. I mean, he's an encyclopedia. Um, I think he dogs on a lot of people. I, that part I find where I find entertaining. I don't think I necessarily would bury or talk as much shit. Um, if I do talk shit, I got to back it up. So if I talk shit about somebody, on a wrestling podcast or just in life, you know, I'm expecting them to want to come fight me. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's why I don't have Twitter battles with people and, and stuff like that. It's like, if I'm going to talk shit about somebody, then I got to back it up. Now, whether if Jim can do that or not, that's a whole other thing, but I listen to Cornette. I, li- I listen to Dax's. Um, I think that's really fun. And uh, hmm, I'm trying to think who else uh, that I've been listening to. That's about it for right now. It's off the top of my head. I kind of bounce around. I did find one I think you might find interesting. It's a United Kingdom guy, UK guy, who goes back through and watches old Memphis wrestling and talks about it as he in like he'll be like, All right, now listen to this promo. And then he'll play the promo and plays the show as he talks. Really interesting. I kind of Monday, what was it? Memphis Monday project. You may have to check that out. It's it's actually interesting. That uh, that sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah, and and my knowledge of Memphis wrestling isn't where it should be. So I'm really enjoying going through and going. Hmm, I'll go Google this guy, and it just leads me down this rabbit hole where I feel like I'm learning a whole new aspect of wrestling again. Well, you know, I was fortunate enough to you know be around with some friends. Obviously, the traders, you know, and a lot of them had a lot of that wrestling. Uh, the Memphis stuff, 
Um, and I've got an archive of it and I've been able to go back and watch some of these matches and um, watch some of these programs. And I mean, it's exciting from start to finish. It still holds up today, you know? So um, some of it say eh, whatever, but I mean, what modern day wrestling is for, you know, like the attitude era of professional wrestling, that was Memphis, Memphis style kind of wrestling, you know? So I, I saw a lot of similarities of it anyways in there. Al, Nick, Mark, Josh, many others. What was your favorite night in WrestleMania? What was your favorite match from each night? I don't necessarily know if I had a favorite night because there was, there was different things about different, different nights that I liked. Uh, I would say um, my match, my match of the the event was probably uh, Rhea and in, in Charlotte. Right. Um, a close number two. I I'm gonna have to say it, and it's probably an unpopular thing, but I loved the Gun Gunther, um, Drew McIntyre Sheamus match. Standing ovation. Yeah, I just well, I thought it was it was because that the way that the show was presented. Um, I believe that's why that match stood out. And that's a great wrestling match, uh, wrestling card. It's not like spot fits, you know, spot fits, spot fits, you know, here we go. We're going to brawl outside. Oh, every match is going to brawl outside. Oh, we're all going to get blood. Now we're all going to, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it like built. And that's why that match stood out. And that's one of the, other, the things that I, that I noticed about it is how they built the shows. Um, I love the, the tag match with the Viking Raiders. Um, you know, so that was probably number three for me. Cody and Roman, I think that was a definitely, you know, a, a five-star match, you know, if mm -hmm. you want to go go all Meltzer about it. But um, I thought it was a very well put together. I thought it, I thought the finish was the finish. I mean, it was a perfect homage to Dusty Rhodes. I mean, every Dusty finish was the finish, you know? So it's right. like, you know, I mean, unless, and I think people were so upset because it's Cody's time how can they miss an opportunity? I know some wrestlers thought that. Um, I was really amazed watching all the AEW wrestlers tweet about it. That was kind of like, really? You know, that was kind of kind of the uh, shocking part for me. Like, if I, I didn't know that they were allowed to do that. <laughs> you, you know, I will say this about the Cody thing, and I've said this a few times. I can't wait for Cody to become the champion. But I like the fact that they didn't give it to us right away. Cody comes back, wins the Royal Rumble. If he comes back at the WrestleMania and wins it, no buildup. You know, you, you almost, I think the fans would turn on him eventually. Like they've turned on every champion where it's like, they're shoving him down our face. I like that they're giving us a little bit of that slow burn to give him that baby face of, we want to lift him up. And I think that's brilliant storytelling. And I like the fact that it's pump your brakes. He'll get there, but we're going to make you want it bad. Well, I, I, it was kind of a, another hearkening back to, to Flair chasing, or excuse me, Dusty chasing Flair. I mean, if you think about it, it was like, you know, the four horsemen against Dusty and friends, which normally would have been like Magnum TA, you know, every once in a while there was, you know, Nikita Koloff got, you know, at some point, um, he was a big part of that storyline at, you know, at the end there, um, you know, there was, there, there was so many like, little idiosyncrasies that every time dusty would get just that much closer that much closer and when he finally won you know it was it was like ah and i think that's they have an opportunity here and i think that uh this is like old school wrestling and i just 
you know, people wants to want that instant gratification, I think. And I, and I, I'm a victim of that too, but with professional wrestling, you know, it does need to be pulled back a little bit in a lot of ways, because I feel like there's no place for anybody to go, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's all been done before. I mean, you know, so, so, some of these gimmicks you see, you've seen it once. It's like the guy wrestling the, the doll. It's like, I've saw that once. It's funny. It's cute. But the second and third time, eh, I'm, I'm not that impressed, you know? Especially the invisible wrestler stuff. Yeah, I mean, some of it I think is cool. You know, I like I like some of that gimmicky, stupid shit, right? And I think it's fun. But like one, like I said, but once I saw it the first time, I didn't want to go buy, go get a comp of every single one of those mat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, for me, and a couple other of the questions we've got was, what was your most disappointing aspect of WrestleMania over the last two nights? Oh, I'll tell you mine. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the Lita, uh, that whole fucking, uh, oh God. How, a- you know, and, and this was a legit question. How does a company succeed so well at promoting male legends, but fail so miserably with the females, like there could have been so many different things you do. Instead, you put two two legends in a triple threat match for tag team championships. Thank you. No, I, it's not. It's not even the booking. It was just. It doesn't even matter. Like that doesn't even matter. It. The, what matters is that um, I don't want to ever see Trish Stratus again. I never. You know, I wasn't a fan. I mean, honestly, I just was never a fan. Um, you know, it's just all I want. I want when I watch women's wrestling, I want the women to be wrestlers. You know what I mean? That's why I watch wrestling. And that's not like uh, a, a, a chauvinist thing to say. It's just how I feel. It's like I want to see like Rhea and Charlotte laid it fucking in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like. I don't want to see like ex fitness models going, eh, eh. you know, it's just Bailey's great. Um, what's her name? The man, you know, I don't Becky Lynch. Not, yeah. I'm not really a fan of hers either, but she's great at what she does. You know, um, I just, I mean, Vita was an incredible wrestler, you know, in her prime. I always enjoyed watching her, you know, but like, just, I don't know. I just didn't really, what was, what was the sense of it all? Like, I, I mean, I, I just, I mean, nah. no, I get it for me. It's the lack of pomp and circumstance around the shows, right? When you watch you and they, they had many attempts, a couple hard string tuggers with the, you know, the make a wish kids. And then you had the dancers with Bianca then you had Logan Paul's attempt at, uh, you know, a star-studded entrance. Outside of that, Rey Mysterio was the only entrance that really stood out. And for me at WrestleMania, they always had maybe one or two big entrants that make you go, oh, that's like a motion picture entrance. And then I seems like the last couple of WrestleManias, they've not had that entrance that makes me go, hey, do you remember WrestleMania 39 when, you know, blank comes out to this? It just didn't happen for me outside of the rave one, yeah. which was great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was, a, I, I love WrestleMania, but you know, and it was a fun, but there was a lot of stuff going on that week. I mean, that impact new Japan show was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
stuff that's happened since then, obviously Josh Alexander has to like forfeit the, the impact championship in, and it's, it could be a, a point where, um, uh, Mickey James might have to vacate hers as well. So it's like, you know, there's a lot that's going on since WrestleMania that I think is just as newsworthy, you know, if you're a wrestling fan. So, um, yeah, just want to throw that in there. Well, Kim from Sarasota, uh, what is AEW lacking right now? The product has been enjoyable, but for some reason, the show I watch in my free time has not been the wrestling show I've fallen in love with, and I can't find myself making the time to want to watch it live anymore. <sighs> I mean, that's a loaded question. <laughs> we we get a variant of this a lot, it seems like. Yeah. Look, I'm a fan of AEW, and I want to see it succeed, especially just now because the UFC basically and the WWE are now one entity under uh, whatever the name of that company is. Um, or McMahon. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, right now, I think AEW has been served up so, excuse me, many softballs to smash it out of the park. And for some reason, it just seems to get sidelined. And some people say, well, it's growing pains. And other people will say it's all the egos in the back, you know, and all the, the entitlement. Some people will say that the locker room's no longer cohesive. Some people will say it was all the, you know, everybody's got an opinion, you know. So um, what I honestly think is that AEW was a great alternative to the WWE. Um and I don't necessarily know if people are looking elsewhere anymore. Um, and I feel like if you can, you know, I sometimes I, I, I look at ratings and stuff like that just because, you know, I'm an old wrestling observer, subscriber, and I know what, understand what all that means. And AEW's like viewership is going down. And I think it's, it's a lot of the, the way that they pace their shows. And also I think there's, there's not really any substance to grab onto, you know, there's certain great aspects of those shows in that some of the matches, like I believe like last week or this Wednesday, last Wednesday was FTR and, and uh, the ass boys and FTR took the belts back. And I thought that was one of the most exciting things I'd seen on TV. I think the ass boys, that was probably what their 12th match and they're incredibly talented. It's like, these are the things that I love to watch. So, you know, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. I don't necessarily know if, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if it's, if it's just the way that I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, it's like there's one guy running the whole thing, and it looks like the inmates are running the asylum in some some in some circumstances. But I, I'm rooting for them to be, you know, as big as they possibly can be. I root for Impact to be that way. I root for NWA to be that way. And, you know, just because I want professional wrestling. You know, I love it. I'm a fan. I want my friends to have jobs, no matter where they are in their career. I will say this. There's no change from AEW's first show to this show. I think the product has been the same. We've given them a pass at the very beginning, which they deserve. What are we, three years in now? Almost four years, somewhere in there. At this point, I think I worry that we may be dealing with another Vince McMahon. Uh, And I hate to say it like this, but there needs to be a structure, a writer's room, producers. And I don't know what the structure is back there, but from what I read and what I see, I just assume it's one guy scribbling down notes and all right, go out there and do all this stuff. And it feels very WCW-ish where I think if he delegated more and put people who has the minds and have been successful in these spots that help create a new culture backstage, it would right the ship. Well, I also, uh, you know, it's, I also think that you also have to have, like, look, it's when you get a producer, when you're making a record, you get that producer because you're figuring you want this guy, you know, hopefully like, for instance, I'll just use Rancid as an example. We always get Brett Gerwitz to produce this because Brett has a way to get the best out of us at that moment. He helps us focus in on certain things. And if something's lackluster, he'll be quick to point it out, right? And we respect him enough and have uh, enough uh, faith in him that we're going to do the right thing. Now, not not every time is that right, but it's very, I say the percentage of him not being right is very small con- con- compared to the big picture. The key part to that is that we're willing to listen to him and we're willing to listen to his ideas because if you're in that role, then you must have done something to get to that place, right? What I think is that I've also been in a place where I've been a producer and the band doesn't listen to shit that I say. So why the fuck am I even there, right? They think that they know better and that's totally fine. That's a totally fine place to be. But at the end of the day, those bands that I produce that were like that, I can't even remember their names. Okay. I can't remember their names. I can't remember the names of their band. And I, you would probably have to go, whatever happened to this guy? I'd be like, oh, that's the band, you know, or that. So I think the one of the problems is, is maybe there's not, I don't, I think there's producers there. I just don't think people listen to them or, you know, and I think that it's been pointed out by many that, you know, you have a very talented locker room, but 
nobody's willing to learn. They think that they know it all. So, you know, and if you, if you're in a position where you feel like you're the smartest guy in the room, well, you know, there's that old saying, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong fucking room, you know? So you always got to be open to learn. And if you think that you know it all, then you're fucked, you know? And I also think that there's a lot of like, the inmates run the asylum there, I would think, you know? Very WCW-ish. And we've seen this play out before. And that's the painful thing because we love WCW. And and you when know, you're guaranteeing a bunch of people contracts, what's the incentive for them to get back to work? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know? Paul Myers, Tallahassee, Florida. What do you boys think about Vince McMahon coming back? You know what I? You know I know a lot of people are like I'm never gonna watch this show again. Meanwhile, they're sitting watching, you know, SmackDown tonight or whatever. But, um, you know, you can see a big difference from the time that he left to <laughs> the time that Triple H was in charge. You saw a return to pro wrestling in a lot of ways. Um. So we'll see if the product changes. I, you know, I mean, that, I don't care who's running the show. I mean, Vince McMahon, he's a fucking scumbag. I mean, everybody knows that. He's. It's not it's a like, secret. It's not any, you know, what are you going to boycott him now? <laughs> you know what I mean, like, give me a fucking break. You know what I mean? It's like you've known for many, many decades that this guy has done what he's done. And you still were there watching the product that he was churning it out. And now that he's back, now you're going to have a big fucking tissy fit. It's like, I don't know. I don't have opinions on that kind of stuff, honestly. Like, it could be better. It could be worse. Who cares? You know? I think you said it best. I don't I don't really have an opinion. If the wrestling's good, I'll watch it. If it's bad, I'll go somewhere else. Look at I mean. Every single fucking corporation does something bad. You can't escape it. So if you want to boycott it today and then go to Ikea tomorrow, you're still, you know, it's fucking, you're not, it's, you're a contradiction in terms. You know what I mean? Or go to Spotify, you know, and I'm going to stream my shit. It's like they rip off the bands. So their whole business model was about ripping off bands. That's why everybody fucking sued them. Okay. So while you're there, you know, contributing to that, you have no place to bitch about Vince McMahon because it's the same shit. It's the same shit with a different package. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify. We're over there too. Oh, fuck Spotify. <laughs> oh. I'll, say, I'll say it right now. Fuck Spotify. I don't have Spotify. Go somewhere else and listen to us. We we don't want you listening to us on Spotify. Per, per Lars, okay? Yeah, take, take, take me off. I don't give a shit. Uh, Tony from the Bay seen an article where Bret Hart talks about sitting down and playing out a match with CM Punk. It got me thinking, do you think we could see a successful animated wrestling federation? Hmm. I mean, at first when no. I got that email, I thought, I thought, come on. But then I thought, all right, if you could get some likeness rights or maybe naming rights, it'd be harder with WWE. Boy, we could see if the animation is done well, we could see some phenomenal matchups that we've never seen. I mean, if you want to watch animated wrestling, uh, trust me, I can give you a few promotions to watch right now. I mean, 
when you take the human element out of something that's physical, a physical confrontation or whatever, that's, I think, why a lot of people have a hard time connecting because scripts are written for people. Uh, matches are, are spot fests. You, the whole idea of professional wrestling is to connect to the human psyche. If you're just doing it with a bunch of big blow-up spots, the car crashes, yeah, that's going to be stimulating for a while. But it's not going to keep you there to keep watching the same fucking car crash. You have to tell the classic story. Good and evil. Romeo and Juliet. Star Wars. Whatever. You know? And if you take in elements of all these things that work and put it into and striking, you know, lightning striking, you're going to have a great storyline. I think that animated wrestling sounds like the most stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Although it might be fun to watch once. That's kind of what I thought. I don't know if I'd watch a whole episode. Like, I don't think it would interest me, but maybe if done right, like an animated uh, Bret Hart where's, versus CM Punk. Where's the humanity in it, though? I don't, the, know. Well, I, I, don't... I mean, I mean, are you there for the video game aspect of it? Or are you there for the story? That's the that's herein lies the question again. I guess if you could draw a, a story look into it. the match, like look, look it. I've never heard it said better in my life. Basically, some of these wrestling matches, they're not wrestling. It's parkour. Yes. It, 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 that's what it is. And that's super fun to watch. I'm sorry, it is. But if it's every fucking match, I mean, I might as well go watch American Gladiators again, you know? But Robbie Jack says, WWE belts look like trash, period. Well, I mean, that's a He's hot got a point. Yeah. He's got a point. I, I don't want to see a championship belt with your company logo. That's it. The belt should feel special. It reminds me, and I don't know, and I have a I'm worried we may disagree, but that old school universal championship when Brock Lesnar had it was might be the second ugliest belt they had. Okay. So every time I see that WWE belt, I think of the Mercedes-Benz logo. And how over time on Mercedes-Benz cars, it used to be very classy. It was like it could be on the 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 the, the, the roof, and it was like a bendy thing. Because mm -hmm. we used to rip them off and wear them as necklaces. Gordy used to fucking rip them off and wear them on his jacket, leather jacket. Then they had that little like, like little like emblem on the top, and now they're on the fucking the the whatever the the wind the, whatever the thing is the right. not the fen the fender but the whatever it is the I'm front not a car end guy. well neither you work for the, a fucking car company i know you would think i would know what i'm talking about the grill fucking, the grill thank you you're welcome and it's like this fucking it's as big as my head and i'm a c-section baby right so i didn't have to struggle getting out <laughs> and it's like my head is perfectly round i must say and uh it looks like that, and it's fucking horrible. It looks stupid. It takes the whole aesthetic of the car away. Cars look like dog shit now. You know what I mean? They look like fucking stupid. Every car looks like a RAV4. Mm -hmm. It's just, and it's like, but that's the fucking, that's the culture. Nobody, you know, it's all, you know, let's all be the same. You know, I just want to fit in, you know, my iPhone. You know, I don't know. That was my bad nerd voice or whatever, but it worked out good. I 
bought it. I was like, oh, he's a nerd but yeah, now. But I mean, that. but that's the thing. It's like, I feel like it's so fucking homogenized, you know? And I don't want that in pro wrestling to any degree. <clears throat> what was the ugliest belt in your opinion? I think it's those WWE championships. I, t- I so agree. When I, I first saw it, I, 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 I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. But it was like, it was like watching the guy wrestling the, the mannequin. I liked it once, but then every other time I saw it, I just like, why am I, why would I watch this? looks like home plate. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let's see. Sal from New Jersey. We got, we'll do one more and we'll call it a day after Sal. Uh, Sal from New Jersey. I'm really loving Logan Paul outside of him. Do you think there are any celebrities that you would like to see in the ring? And on top of that, Jay Bay said, uh, what actor or athlete do you think would make a great wrestling manager? I figure I'd wrap them both into one. Do it. Um, as far as a manager, and I I kind of think Travis Kelsey. I don't know what it is about the guy. I saw him on Saturday Night Live, and I thought, this guy's kind of funny. I think he would make a good manager. Uh, Actor-wise, I don't know if there was like – an actor out there that makes me go, I wish he was a wrestling manager. Maybe Vince Vaughn with, with just the way he talks. He has he has a very heelish delivery to his yeah, instincts. But, he, but, but he's probably bigger than most wrestlers out there now. That's the problem. Yes. Maybe Vince Vaughn, but that's that's stretching it. I, I can't think of too many. Well, Logan Paul, and I'll say this till my dying day, as far as any of the celebrities that they've ever brought in, he is literally the most talented motherfucker. His facial expressions, everything about this guy. Um, now, I know a lot of people hate him, and rightfully so. I don't care. I'm not a YouTube guy, so I, it doesn't matter to me. But I do know his celebrity status because I have teenagers, right? And he came in there and did something that a lot of people couldn't do. And he was able to put, he, his timing was great with Seth. Every, and, you know, I'm not a Seth Rollins guy at all. I think, I think I'm think i right. just not a fan. But uh, Logan Paul, man, he's a talent. And he, he gets it. He understands professional wrestling. You can see that. Um, as far as, so I definitely got to give it up to him. I think he's, I'd much rather watch Logan Paul than The Miz any day of the week. Um, I'm not a Miz guy, but he's a super nice human being. Um, and I think that he's, he's got, he's got, he's a good character. You know what I mean? I just don't, I don't want to watch him on TV anymore. I think it's, it's old. Um, Vince Bond. I mean, I'm trying to think like, who's funny enough. Like that's the key, you know, Chris Farley would have been the best wrestling manager. Because he would have been so animated, you know what I mean? He might have, like, stolen the show a little bit too much, though. But I don't necessarily know. I kind of want my wrestlers to be wrestlers. I've always been in that that mind frame. Like, when LT wrestled Bam Bam, I I fucking hated that. You know? I I fucking hated that. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was fucking stupid. Bam Bam would have fucking destroyed him. Bam Bam Bigelow was a legit fucking dude, you know? So, 
<laughs> Jay Leno. What the f- the fuck is Jay Leno doing in a wrestle? Like, it goes a little too far sometimes. I mean, come on. We even had a world heavyweight champion who was an actor. Uh-huh. You know, David Arquette. Yeah, yeah, but I don't, I don't give him such a bad. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I understand that's a stain on the the history books, but uh, I, I think the sh- the amount of shit he received as a result of that was totally unfair. Um, did you watch any of his uh, uh wrestling matches the last couple of years when he tried when he tried to stand in the ring? He actually wasn't bad. Like, I think, did... yeah, I think I I saw it. maybe was it a Nick Gage? Yes, where he cut his neck. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, you got to give David Arquette a little bit credit that he tried to right that wrong. Yeah, and yeah. that's probably a lot of most people would have been like, whatever, it's past. I, I don't care. But I think Arquette loved the industry so much. He's like, I can't leave that black stain on it that I had there. So I got to give him that credit too. Yeah. No, I mean, I I love if if you can go in there and like Logan Paul is the exception to the rule. I will say. I mean, even Bad Bunny was the second. Is a is a very close second. You know, I think he he him and Dominic would, is probably going to be a match at some point has to be. Um, and I think that they could do well together, honestly. Uh, but like, I'm trying to think of, of anybody who's come in that ring that made a difference. Mr. T obviously mm-hmm. that was, you know, something that was very big and, but this is before, this is not the modern day, you know? So you know, Mr. T obviously kicked down that door. Cindy Lauper, you know, obviously was Wendy Richter's manager. Um, you know what? I, I'll say this, and it was simple and it was easy, but give Pete Rose a little bit of credit. He knew what part he played. He took a power power driver and he went down the cane and he didn't try to overdo it. He didn't try to make himself look bigger. Pete Rose kind of had the best wrestling cameo in a ring. I don't know what you would call it. Well, but then you got to, then you, there's the argument for Andy Kaufman. I mean, let's, Andy well, Kaufman was the godfather of all this stuff. I right? don't know if so, there's an ar- argument because he is the top of that list and he did I it mean, amazing and, and unbelievable, you know? And I think that there are exceptions to that rule, but I think that, you know, four out of a hundred is not very good, like, uh, odds. You, you know, I will say this. Andy and Logan were too different. Uh, Logan has the in-ring athleticism, but True. but Andy Kaufman had the voice, had the heel character, and I don't think Logan Paul could ever come to Andy Kaufman's level with trying to get that kind of heat. I that's where I definitely might disagree with you, um, because I think he understands he understands the audience. I mean, here's a guy I feel like has made a living by understanding the audience and creating the audience. That means that he's got some sort of sense of what that is. The reason why I say that is because as the guy on the stage that sort of paces everything, scans the crowd, sees what it is, you have to have an understanding of an audience. And I think those of us who have experienced that can see that in somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I think musicians 
are closer to professional wrestlers than actors. And I'll tell you why, because being a musician is also a physical job. And it's also like the, um, the, the personality turned up to 10. The actor is playing the role. So it's not really their personality. It's a personality they've, they've chose to mimic. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Whether as, you know, Logan Paul, that was probably so much of the real him that got him famous. That's why it's easy for him to tap into that. You get, does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. And I will say the greatest, um, I just want to say this because it has to be said, the greatest induction speech ever for any professional wrestler in the WWE Hall of Fame was Conan's, bar none. The best, greatest introduction speech I've ever heard. The greatest acceptance speech will always be Bobby the Brain Heenan, but got to give it up to Conan. That whole weekend was awesome from all the shows, everything. But, there's, but the Dennis, there's so much that happened that week. It'd be We'd need 10 shows to cover everything. I agree. And it's not going to happen on this show because we're now done. We're tapping out. You put me in the hold. I'm done. Lars, do you have anything going on that you want to tell the people about? No. <laughs> All right. Listen, uh, enjoy. Yeah, well, new Rancid record coming soon, very soon. Uh, and uh, you'll be hearing more over the next couple of weeks. Not from here, though. No, we just talk wrestling. That's right. That's right. Hey, if you want your questions, a wrestling perspective at gmail.com. Feel free to send us your hot takes, your questions, your opinions, whatever you want. Email us. As long as it's wrestling, we don't care. We'll talk about it. And uh, Lars Fredrickson, Dennis Farrell, follow us on social media. Subscribe, do all that stuff. Fuck Spotify. And just remember, opinions are like, blow me. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.